You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 430 of Podcateers. I'm going to try to make this intro quick because this is a supersized episode where we go over things we heard at the D23 Expo, the experience, and the announcements. We'd love to hear your thoughts on things announced or the experience if you happen to attend the expo. And you can join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. But we'd love for you to join us over on our Discord server. Joining the community is super simple. Just head over to podcateers.com slash 430. Click on the Discord logo or you can click in the link in our pinned Instagram story. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content like the Podcateers after show, and access to our happy hour calls, just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. So that's it. Let's do this. Let's get right into this. If this is your first time hanging out with us, welcome. We hope that you enjoy the episode and that you come back for more. And of course, if you've been hanging with us for some time now, welcome back, friends. Here is episode 430 of Podcateers. Well, what, uh, I mean, there's so much to talk about. It was D23, Andrew. It was D23, the expo, the musical the musical the, the series the extravaganza the, extravagan- the series extravaganza <laughs> the show floor the booth uh the, the show floor the crowd the show floor yes the, <laughs> the, oh buddy that was, how are uh, you feeling i am very uh like exhausted we were you know i think i mentioned before so we went to disneyland on thursday we flew yes. out. We flew out Wednesday night. Disneyland on Thursday. Expo and Disneyland on Friday. Expo and Disneyland on Saturday. Expo and Disneyland on Sunday. Disneyland on Monday, and then we flew home Monday evening. So um, it was a long day. Went to Disneyland. I got to see you know lots of people. So it was great to see everyone. Um, if I didn't get to see you, it was sad to not see you. <laughs> um, but yes, I am very very worn out. Uh, it was a little rough going back to work uh, after being uh, back. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I was excited. I was excited to see Hazen at the expo. It was Yay. good and fun, and all kinds of. It was you know, it was good and fun. I'm I'm uh, I'm happy to have been there, and I'm also happy to be home. <laughs> yeah, I'm. So I, you know, I've. I was telling you guys I wasn't sure if I was going to make it out to the expo this year because, quite frankly, I didn't know how I was going to be feeling the morning of, you know, the first day of the expo. And mm-hmm. um, I woke up not feeling great, actually. And on Friday? Yeah. I like I was not feeling great at all. Like yeah. on a like on a bit. You know how they have those li- little face scales at the doctor's office? It's like and red like face. One to yeah, ten. Yeah. Face. It's yeah, like yeah, progressively yeah. red to green, like one to ten. Right. Yeah. I would say I was hovering between like a five and a six on Friday morning. Oh, 
Okay. And so I was I was kind of out of it on mm-hmm. Friday. So we were kind of moving around, and so we made it to Legends. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll start off there. Uh, we made it to Legends, and I want to say that it it helped the pain, but it didn't because. <laughs> You know, it it was there while I was sitting down, and so I did my best to stay as still as possible because, um, you know, I talked about how Disney was going to be broadcasting a lot of these presentations and a lot of these panels, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, you know, what's the purpose of recording these like we have in the past because they're going to be available, you know, after. And so for myself, I, I reminded myself that a lot of things that go up on Disney plus or any other streaming service or, you know, even on YouTube get pulled down all the time, you know, for whatever reason, because Disney wants to put them back in the archives or whatever the case is. And so I thought, you know what, I'm here. I might as well just record it. So I took my phone out, I started recording it and uh, it was fun. You know, I'm glad I had an opportunity to to make it. I was seated far enough away from people that I think I was comfortable enough to be there. Uh, I was still masked up because I just I wasn't feeling well enough to not be masked. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. They they started off with, uh, you know, musical number with some of the cast members from Aladdin on Broadway and Frozen and Aladdin and that king. was fun. And the Lion King, yes. <clears throat> and Bob Chapek came uh, on stage after interacting with Mickey on screen. And he did not receive the reception that I think he maybe was expecting. I don't know. Um, yeah, but wasn't it weird? Like, wasn't he originally not going to be there because he had some no. other commitment? Wasn't that yeah. the thing? Yeah. Yeah, he was not going to be there. And so it was funny to see him there. But, you know, I honestly, I don't understand the mentality of I, I guess you could do whatever you want, right? You paid your money for the ticket. And if yeah. you're there and you want to express yourself like that, because he, you know, some people booed him when he came on stage. And all I could think to myself was, do you think he cares? Like he got your money already. Like, do you think he cares that you're booing him right now? So I mean, I think he might care a little bit. I mean, if, if it's, if he's a human being, which is still yet to be proven, I guess. But if he's a human being, I think it might sting a little bit to be booed. Like even if you are getting the money out of it at the in the long run, it still might not be a, a fun experience. Nonetheless, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. And you know, I've, I look. I have met Bob Chapek in the past. He, you know, he was he was at an event that I attended several years back, and this was before he was running the company, and. I will attest to the fact that, yes, he is a human being. All right. You know, some people may not want to hear that, but, yes, he is a human being. We have and confirmation. I do. And, you know, he spoke that day, and he spoke with a lot more compassion than I think people have heard him speak with over the last couple of years. So I can confirm that, yes, he is human, and I guess you are correct that, yes, it, it might sting a little bit, you know, but overall – you know, if, you know, he got the money from people being there. And, and again, you know, on the other side of the coin, if you paid your money, I guess you can express yourself however you want, right? But uh, it was just funny that people chose to do that when they could have just 
been happy that they were at D23. So I don't know. That was just an observation. I don't know. They weren't expecting him to come out maybe because we, at least the reporting was he wasn't coming. So they're like, okay. And then they're like, Bob Chapek. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I can see why people booed him, but I, you know, I wouldn't have been that kind of person, but yeah, that, I, I, mean, I don't, I don't knock anybody for doing it. It's, it's funny. It's whatever. Like, yeah, express yourself. It's uh, a, <laughs> you know what? It's uh court of public opinion. I don't know. Yeah. He did try really hard though, to, to kind of get on the good side of the audience. You know, he did promise a, a few freebies and everything because, you know, when you go to the expo, a lot of the, uh, a lot of what you end up with or freebies and things from different panels and exclusives mm-hmm. from those panels and such. So uh, there was like a free Mickey uh, Disney 100 pin. Uh, mm-hmm. He talked about the little Mickey statue that you can get. Uh, it was funny to me though, that they were broadcasting it live and he said, you know, anybody like there were certain panels where I would hear them say things like it's exclusive for you here at D23 in this panel and then they would flash up like a code to go buy something where everybody watching online could also do it you know so there was like the exclusivity kind of went out the window at that point because now it was open to anybody or anyone that's on the replay yeah uh so if you're a D23 member uh, existing or new anytime before January, you'll be able to qualify to get like the little Mickey statue that they had outside of the expo. Uh, it was like a Mickey 100. Uh, yeah. Was... It's like the, the 100 logo. It's Mickey. Like, I don't know. I think he's doing like a SpongeBob dance or something. He's got his arms kind of yeah. like, going weird and he's got a foot up in the air. I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking it, but it was, it's an interesting choice for sure. Uh, Mickey looks like he's having a grand old time. Yeah, he's just skipping along all day. (laughs) So, yeah, that's how my Friday got started. Uh, By the end, I I guess I went about half of the day feeling like that, Um, trying to walk around, trying to do other things whenever possible. Uh, But it was difficult to get around on Friday. And I did see a couple of, of friends of mine on that day. And even they were caught off guard because I felt so out of it on Friday. Mm -hmm. And so it was difficult for me to fully enjoy the day. But, you know, I there's a part of me that's glad that I was there. And then there's the part of me that feels the way that I feel today. And I'm just thinking, what did I do? (laughs) What did I do? You know, so. Uh, yeah, so that was Friday. There's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to D23, and I think we'll we'll tell you some of our experiences about the expo as the episode continues, but we wanted to bullet point some of the panels that happened because there's just so much to talk about. Uh, I, I think in total they had just over 60 panels and exhibits uh, or panels and talks set up that you could mm-hmm. attend over the three days at the expo because it was set up over five stages. You know, they had a Hall D23 on the first floor, and then on the second floor they had the premiere stage, which, mm-hmm. by the way, the premiere stage was so horrible to get to because it was in the North Hall section of the convention center. It was brand new. It was all the way on the opposite end. It was so far away from everything else, you could reach out the window and touch the Pixar pal around. 
Okay, <laughs> that's how far away it was from everything else. If you were on the second or third floor, you could cross like a, a bridge that they used that they made to connect the buildings. Mm-hmm. But if you were on the first floor, you literally had to leave the building to enter the other building to get to the North Hall. Yeah, that's like in the if uh, if you were at the expo and but didn't have a chance to go to that stage, but if you got lined up in like the weird basement area on that side, um, that's the same building. Or if you've been in the the last expo, they had the same kind of thing. They lined everybody up in this basement area, not in Hall E, uh, it, which is on the complete opposite side, which is uh, below Hall D. Um, this was on the yeah right across from DCA backside of DCA. It's that upstairs building in there, and it's yeah, it's a trek for sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that was the second stage, and then they had the backlot stage on the mm-hmm. third floor. They had the Walt Disney Archive stage on the second floor as well. The Hyperion stage on the second floor, uh, and then they had just like smaller venues where you could watch general presentations like they had the marvel studio stuff set up uh disney on broadway lucas um espn hulu and disney plus i think had like a booth where they had moderators talking to directors and stuff like that as well on the the floor they had the disney bundle stage they had the marvel stage and i think they had the live stage were the three uh stage stage things that they had well they also towards the back they also had journey into storytelling that's where they were doing like the the um, Nat Geo stuff and some of the other larger presentations. That's the one that was closest to. It was actually right behind the Disney Bundle Pavilion. Yeah, I thought that was just the the photo ops and stuff. There was a stage over there too. I guess I didn't even see it. I just did all the fo- the journey and the storytelling. Had all those the where I got my Grey's Anatomy badge, but I must have missed the whole stage. You know what <laughs> I. I was under the impression that there was a stage because they had the screens broadcasting the people talking. So no, maybe they were all on the, the t- on the bundle pavilion Yeah, they stage. were on the bundle stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The then that's why I would hear them busy. so close then. Okay. Yeah, all that, right. the screens were on the backside of the Disney bundle stage. Gotcha. And I think it okay. was broadcasting back there to the little seating area they had, which was nice. Right, right, right. Probably okay. like the one few quiet areas in the <laughs> whole yeah. place. Yeah. And then, of course, like you said, they had the Expo Live stage where they were doing most of the live portions for uh, the live portion of the Expo, which uh, interesting. I love the fact that they did that. Ironically enough, a lot of the things that were assigned to me were things that got broadcasted. <laughs> so if if D23 was going to do the exact same thing for the next Expo... Mm-hmm. And I was assigned panels outside of the Legends panel, of course. But mm-hmm. if I was assigned panels that I knew were going to be broadcast, I would possibly work at standing in line for something that I knew wasn't going to be broadcasted. Yeah, and it was not the most difficult thing to stand. I mean, I you know, there was standby seating available, which was a worry that we all had. I think uh, before the expo happened was, is there going to be standby, yada, yada, yada? They only assigned us three. And it seemed like there was a good, they probably assigned about, I want to say half the room, if not maybe a fraction less of half the room to 
things, and then there was another half or so um, that could be standby. Because um, the panel we did together, we did standby. Um, and yeah, it we when we got seated, we were in, you know, the, it was less than half full when they started pulling in the standby people. Right. Like it was, it was a lot less than half full. Um, so it's, yeah, it's interesting to know like what, like what those numbers are, what those percentages are, but we'll never know. We can just speculate. Yeah. I mean, as far as I could tell, uh, I, I remember them saying these numbers at one point, so I don't know how accurate they are, but I feel like as part of the presentation, like in hall D23, Maybe it was Josh tomorrow or somebody said something like, oh, you know, we have something special just for 7,000 of our closest friends or something. So it looks yeah. like Hall D23 held around 7,000 people at the max. And then I want to say that uh, the the premiere stage, which was the one, you know, halfway the across next, the world. That's the next largest one. I think, yeah, right? that one held 3,000, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then all the others held you know, somewhere between 800 to 1500 people, depending on which room or which stage you happen to be on. Yeah, I think the uh, the backlot stage, I had a panel in there, and that one was probably 1500 to 2000, I probably closer to 1500. And then I think that archive stage we were in was about 1000. And then I think the other stage was the smallest one of the of the lot. So um, I think spreading out the stages, I think, was a, a good move. As horrible as it was from a walking standpoint, the fact that people were spending so much time walking between panels uh -huh. helped, one, the show floor seemed not as congested as it has in the past. Um, but it also could have been that a lot of people just didn't show up. That I beg you know, to differ. So when I was on the store floor, it felt like I could not move. But that maybe really? I was just at the bad times. Yeah, at some points I was, or I was just where everybody was, because it was some points it could have just been crowded points or or uh, intersections and stuff. Sometimes it was it was rough to get through. Stuff was really full. Like like you know maybe the walkways were a little less, but like the lines for all the booths and stuff were pretty packed throughout oh, the day. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, it was it it could have just been that we were on an opposite cycle then because Yeah. Probably. Um I there were there were several there was only one time that I remember thinking to myself I have to leave the convention center right now. Like I'm yeah. just not comfortable because it did get congested, but it was shortly after uh, something had let out of Hall D23, and oh, I happened yeah, to be a, in that area. That's and nightmare. so at that moment, I remember thinking to myself, I can't be here. Like, I need mm -hmm. to leave this area. And I was walking out of the convention center, and then I remembered how hot it was outside and how humid <laughs> it was. Humid. And so I just kind of hung around the lobby for a little bit. Yeah. But and every other like, time. There's a ton of people in there all the time, too. There the was. That's, yeah. That's where all the – if you hot tip, if you want to see um, – a lot of the cosplay people, that's where they hang out. Go yep. to the lobby or right out front, that's where everyone is. They're just hanging out. They want you They want you to take pictures with them for sure. That's why they're there is for you to see their costumes. So if you want to go find the good costumes, they're in the lobby. But, yeah, the rest of the time I think it was 
it was comfortable enough mm-hmm. that I didn't feel like I couldn't be there. Uh, there was enough, yeah, space. yeah. There was enough space for me to walk around, or you know, get away from crowds. Uh, I didn't, I didn't stand in line for a lot of the experiences. Like it was mm-hmm. very few and far between that I actually stood in, and even then, I felt like I was a little tactical about it because I waited for some of the big presentations to be happening so that mm-hmm. there were fewer people in those exhibits you know to what? go That's through them. To do. Like the Wonderful World of Dreams exhibit was the example, the Imagineering one where they had all the mm-hmm. models and stuff. I waited until I didn't see a line outside because I knew there was a presentation happening at yeah. on the premiere stage and at Hall D23. And so that's when I made my way into the exhibit. So we, yeah, we um, happened to do that one the first first thing in the morning, the first day. We just kind of wandered in and that's where we started. It was funny. <laughs> no line. We walked straight in. That was yeah. It it was a fun exhibit. Uh, they had some pretty cool stuff to to look at in there. Uh, we'll talk about that after. But yeah, I mean, in general, I was a little surprised about the broadcasting thing. And so I'm mm-hmm. actually glad that I ended up recording the Legends panel, which is now up on YouTube, by the way. If you haven't seen the post, uh, oh, I posted it on our YouTube channel. So youtube.com slash If you're not subscribed, you know, uh, help us out with the subscription. We're just under 400 subscriptions right now on YouTube, which is pretty hey. great. I mean, that's... Let's that's bump a, that up, people. Yeah. You know what? It might. Uh, you want to help us out? Go, go, uh, hit that. What is smash that subscribe smash button that. and <laughs> ding that little bell and whatever the heck they say. We had. I'm not. Uh, I don't watch YouTube that much. So, that's so the, hit I, the subscribe <laughs> button, smash the like, and then ring the bell icon for notifications or hit that bell uh-huh. for no. I don't remember anymore. Maybe I should just go back and listen to an old episode. I'm not thinking straight. Can you tell? <laughs> It's all right. My head it's, is pounding, it's, dude. It's a, it's a, it's a day. How about you, uh, Hulk? Smash that like button and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm we'll not, come up I'm with not, something. We'll come up with something new. We'll, uh, well, uh, what's that? Yeah, I need to look up. A, I need a, 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 I can't talk. I need a thesaurus <laughs> to, uh, to look up different synonyms for smash demolish that like button and yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah we are going to need something because ultimately our goal is to post more videos to the youtube channel including some of the gaming stuff that we're planning and and doing right now. i know i got all these led lights up in here that nobody can see they gotta be used for something right i installed leds and yeah we got all kinds of stuff led you know what led is if you don't have some colored leds in your uh your uh, recording room are you really on youtube that's everybody has got right got a you know you got to have a some sort of rgb microphone rgb <laughs> uh yeah all kinds of stuff um so yeah so on this episode of the rgb led talk hey you know tell what? you we about get into it <laughs> i got <laughs> uh so yeah so back to B, uh, d23 um yeah i was a little surprised about you know, what was recorded or how many panels were recorded that no matter what stage you went to, they all had full production crews there. Mm -hmm. You know, they had cameras on, on pulleys and on cranes and, you know, they had them on, 
on stands and on wheels and each room probably had at least six cameras covering what they were doing Mm -hmm. so i don't know what they're planning on doing with them because uh, on disney plus they posted two videos one it was called the d23 expo daily day one and then they did one on day two but they haven't posted a day three yet and then on their YouTube channel, they're not there either. And normally the D23 or the Disney YouTube channel will have posted something by now. So I don't know if this is something that they plan on releasing later, but they have the presentations to post. Yeah. You know, maybe they're just waiting to edit them maybe or something, you know, before they end up on Disney+. Plus. Uh, It seems like it's the most logical place for them to end up if they really want to start driving some traffic. Um, I will say that I want to reiterate that had D23 had an option for me to just pay maybe a portion of the price to watch all of this from home, you know, select the panels or have access to all of the panels on Disney Plus for an additional fee, like that is what you know, premiere, like a premiere cost, you know, would be helpful for, you know, not the release of a, of a film, a Dr. Strange or a soul or anything like that. Like an event like this, I think is what that additional cost is perfect for, you know, for an event that you can't attend. Yeah, definitely. Especially if they're going to have that production. Now, a lot of it is probably, you know, just for internal or posterity, like, I'm sure not everything is going to be intended, you know, was intended to be put up and viewed. You know, I'm sure they record everything just so they can, you know, watch it back to say, okay, this is what, you know, even just to, like, hear people's reaction or whatever, see how this thing went. So, or to share with, you know, other CEOs or, or higher-ups that didn't attend. They keep like, okay, here's what this is, or here's your department thing and you know here's the thing on duffy and here's the thing on people are excited about duffy or the you know whatever uh mysterious benedict society i don't know there's yeah so many things um but yeah the cameras galore yeah i mean i really do hope that they use this kind of as the catalyst for allowing or offering something like this the next time uh i mean i hope i I'm not in the same situation next time. We're next, you know, next expo. I hope I'm ready to go. uh, Yeah. We're going to be jogging up those uh, stairs and we're going to, yeah, do a, you know, Rocky thing at the top. Sure hope so. (laughs) I sure hope so. That's And then a trip to the parks afterwards and we'll walk two miles. And by then, hopefully this reservation system will have gone away and they'll be back to just letting you in whenever and, Back to the good old days, right? I hope so. I'm not holding my breath. But <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. But one can hope, can right? Dream, right? <laughs> Isn't that the whole what the whole expo was about? Storytelling yeah. and dreaming. And dreams. <laughs> we dream for a better time of 2014. That's right. So yeah, Disney Legends was a great ceremony. 
Uh, I was, you know, I was a little disappointed that Don Hahn wasn't there because I, I love Don Hahn and I love, you know, the things that he produces. So uh, I was really looking forward to seeing him receive his award. And sadly, he was not there. You know, last minute uh, he pulled out. Not exactly sure why. I hope he's okay. But he wasn't there, so they accepted it for him. Josh Gad probably had the best uh, speech of the entire ceremony. He ended it with talking about an experience he had when he was 18 years old. And he went to get a job as a Jungle Cruise skipper, and he was rejected by the person at casting. Uh, If you have not seen that, head over to our YouTube channel. I not only posted the entire legend ceremony, but I posted each person's acceptance speech separately. So you can just head over. You can watch them. So you don't have to watch the entire ceremony if you don't want to. But at least take a look at Josh Gads because that was ah, it's my favorite forever. That that is what I hold every speech to now because <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, and I then just went there and I subscribed right now and I nice the little bell. I nice. Uh, and then Chadwick Boseman's brother gave his uh, speech since he accepted uh, his award posthumously. But it was nice to see uh, some of his family accepting the award for him. And then we got uh, another performance with some of the cast members from Encanto singing We Don't Talk About Bruno, which seemed to be the theme song of the weekend. (laughs) Because everywhere you looked, there was a lot of stuff for Encanto and a lot of We Don't Talk About Bruno being... um, being shown and pushed around in different locations. So uh, Disney Legends, great panel. Uh, it was fun. And uh, yeah, Friday, what did you start off with on Friday? We had the Society of Explorers and Adventurers panel. I believe that was at like 10, 30 or 11 or 10 or something like that. That was up in the uh, backlot stage. How um, was that? That was, you know, I don't know exactly what I was expecting, um, but it definitely wasn't what I was expecting, but I think it was still good. It was a, a chat with um, a few different um, Imagineers that are in, are, are people in Imagineering and, like, publishing. It was hosted by uh, a woman, I forget her name, I apologize, but she is an author of a um, middle youth novel series that is uh, based around Society of Explorers and Adventurers. She has another book on the way in this series. Um, I believe it was called, uh, oh, something, I forgot the first name, Takahashi and the something of the Quaddle. I should have (laughs) wrote that down. I I have not unpacked my suitcase with all of the things that... uh, we got at the end of all these ex, uh, you know, all the panels and stuff. So one of them was a postcard with the artwork for this uh, novel. But she's the author, and plus uh, three um, Imagineers and people in publishing um, that kind of went over where you can find some uh, society uh, uh, references, and they kind of talked around some some points they took questions at the end um i did 
we did get confirmation that Iron Drew is wrong and it's okay that it is not <laughs> C, it is SEA, not the SEA or C, it's SEA. And if you say it any other way, you get like dropped into a pit alligator or something, they said. I don't remember, <laughs> but I guess I got to start saying SEA because boy, say that's the right way and they would know. They have a special little leather bound book that has all these information that they wouldn't tell us about. Um, but anyway, um, one of it's the It's their Bible. It's their little, yeah, leather-bound Bible. Um, the coolest thing that hopefully somebody recorded and is able to uh, get a little screenshot of, but they had a, a timeline of events and things that uh, the SEA were, was uh, a part of or characters and things. So um, at some point in the timeline... Uh, you know, there's, you know, Harrison Hightower, the third from from uh, this is a Joe Rohde guy. Um, he and his company kind of he in theory dies in the Tower of Terror mythos, but his company kind of breaks away and is on the separate timeline from the society. And it becomes like high tower, like industries that high tower incorporated and high tower this and that and the other thing and they they have logos for all of these different iterations of this high tower um business plus different uh sea logos through the years that would have existed and how the whole society has progressed when members joined etc cetera, etc cetera. so it was that was probably the most interesting thing to see it went by so quick um uh, I didn't get a chance to really register everything, but it was very interesting to see that. And then this book series that I didn't know existed, um, I'll have to take a peek at. I think uh, my wife said it might be good for my uh, niece, but maybe I will buy it and read it first. And then she can take a crack at it uh, just so I know it's going on. Uh, but yeah, uh, they had a lot of questions. They took questions from the audience at the end and they were able, you know, people were asking a lot of like, do you think that this person would be a good fit for the society? Do you think, what about having people from this ride and this? And they'd be like, yeah. Um, the biggest kind of like leading, like no answer that they gave was somebody asked about the new Space Mountain uh, in Hong Kong, mm -hmm. right? Oh, Tokyo. Uh, in Tokyo. In Tokyo. I knew I was right, Tokyo. Uh, one of those two. Anyway, Tokyo, the new space mountain in Tokyo. That's right. Um, and uh, they said, you know, this new space mountain is coming. This whole area is uh, is there an opportunity to include not just, um, you know, explorers and people from from like Adventureland because it's mostly like a bit of an Adventureland thing and and do these more space explorers and et cetera. And they said that's something we can't talk about. So that's that's oh. kind of a an answer without giving an answer, um, because it it they I the way I read it is that's something that they're currently working on. So yeah. it is more than likely something is going to be tied in there, whether or not it's big or not. We don't know, but that's kind of the biggest uh, no answer <clears throat> answer that that they got from the audience, you know, from a question from the audience. So it was, and then they they gave us a little postcard with the with the information about the book on it at the end. But 
yeah, this is a book series sounds cool. I was excited to see that. No word on if Sala or Shrunken Ned are part of the society. I want them to be, but I didn't bother to uh, get up and <laughs> ask a question of, do you think Shrunken Ned should be a part of the society? Um, but yeah, so it was, it was good. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was a good way to start out. The answer to that is yes. Shrunken Ned yes. should be. Yes. Should be. 100%. Yes. Should be. Not officially, but we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Julie Kagawa is the yes. author that you're talking about. Thank you for looking all this up while I was rambling. I could see I could see in your glasses everything yeah. kind of going. <laughs> yeah. So I, I looked it up because I didn't know who you were talking about. But Julie Kagawa is the author. And the books that she wrote uh, are uh, Shinji Takahashi and the Mark of Koatl and Shinji Takahashi Into the Heart of the Storm. Mm -hmm. And these are, you know, part of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. So it's part of the lore. lore. Yeah, they are official, which is super cool, I think. Um, And, I mean, when we were doing our episodes on the SEA, uh, if you if you're interested, we did a, a a four or five part series starting back in episode 350 where we talked about the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. I'm fascinated by this group, and I wish there was a series, a movie, a TV show, everything, all of it. Uh, I want all of it. Take my they, money when it comes to mention, this. They did mention offhandedly the them working closely with these people. We're working closely with whoever is directing that series, that Disney Plus series. Awesome. They did, they did bring that up vaguely, so it's still in the works, supposedly. That's good to know, because that is something I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, we created a similar timeline when Mel and I were talking about the, the SEA, uh, and I think we outlined everything as well. Uh, if it wasn't as part of the episode, I know that we posted it somewhere. Um, so we have two versions of those episodes we have the four separate episodes which you can listen to uh by signing up for our stream on any of your favorite podcast apps but if you're part of the fgp squad uh over on patreon we posted one entire episode that had all of the additional episode intros and additional plugs for stuff uh it was essentially just the info of the sea in one giant episode that you can listen all the way through because it's basically how we did it. We kind of just recorded all the way through and then it got split into multiple episodes. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested, check those out. Those are super fun. And obviously as they add more characters, we'll be updating that in the future. Uh, but I know what you mean about them not wanting to talk about stuff. It was a little different for the parks panel, which I think we're going to talk about next. Uh, I think we're going to hit this first in a, a very bullet point sort of way where uh, I saw the Parks panel with Josh tomorrow. It was on Sunday. I'm going to quickly go through all of the announcements, and then we can kind of talk about some of it. Cool? Sure. Let's do all it. All right. The panel was called A Boundless Future, Disney Parks Experiences and Products. Uh, again, it was hosted by Josh tomorrow. It started off with a performance by Jordan Fisher and Angie Kellyhauer. They sang Happily Ever After. Uh, then there was an announcement that Happily Ever After is coming back to Magic Kingdom. No date has been announced, but 
Uh, spring 2023 sounds pretty plausible, just like, you know, when we talked about Magic Happens returning to Disneyland because of mm-hmm. ho- uh, the holidays and all that stuff. Spring is a good date to anticipate that. Uh, next, they uh, talked about Hulk coming to California Adventure. Uh, he was in this big time travel suit. Uh, this is obviously a product of Project Exo, which we've talked about on the podcast before. We thought it was either going to be Hulk or Thanos or something like that. And lo and behold, it is Hulk. We'll talk about the suit in a moment. Have you seen any of these pictures or videos or anything? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay, I have good. for sure. And, yeah, and that's coming fairly soon. Next week. Next week. Yeah, that's coming next week. Uh, then we got our first look at Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, coming to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And, of course, he's going to be carrying his little buddy Grogu along with him for the adventure. We are going to have a new attraction coming to Avengers Campus featuring King Thanos. Uh, it's a, a segment of the multiverse now that we have that open. I guess any story is plausible now that the multiverse is a you thing. You do whatever you want. And Pretty much. Oh, That's what? Able, yeah, Are you yeah. getting royalties for that? <laughs> you know Are you what? Royalties? Is, I, you know what? Uh, I can't talk about that right now. Okay. Well, we don't talk about Bruno, <laughs> but everybody sings about him. So yeah, can we sing I, about I, it? Uh, yeah, we can sing about it. I don't get no royalties. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. We also got our first look at the name of the Paradise Pier Hotel. Now that it's being reimagined, it is becoming Pixar Place Hotel. We also got an announcement that coming to downtown Disney is Porto's and Din Tai Fung. Uh, Din Tai Fung, I love their food. Their dumplings are delicious. Porto's, you know, it's good. I think people like it way more than I do. Uh, I'm just okay with it. But hey, I'd it's coming to downtown with the Disney. I'd be happy Red Robin going to downtown Disney for all <laughs> I care. I just want something that is like easy sometimes. It's like everything downtown Disney, I don't want to get a whole tangent here, but everything downtown Disney just like is like a to-do. I was like, yeah. can I just have like something quick that's not in the park that is like quick and edible and you know easy but anyway let's keep going yeah. through that's my, <laughs> that's my that's mine uh let's see run disney returns to the disneyland resort in 2024 uh we got a performance by anika nani rose singing almost there harmonious will be replaced in late 2023 with a brand new show uh which is strange considering that it just opened not too long ago uh, they're saying that it is for the 100th or a celebration to like to you know be in tune it's with like the 100th year celebration. Thing or who knows. I don't know if I it's temporary. Um, however, I, I I'm wondering how much of the replacement of Harmonious had to do with the with the reception to Harmonious. The big black barges that are always there. Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> I'm wondering be because mostly that. Yeah, because uh, Josh was funny when he was on stage. He's like, make sure to not miss it. And then he kind of paused and then he said something along those lines again, essentially hinting at it's going away until people caught on to the fact that he was saying it's going away. Journey of Water and World of Celebration will be opening in late 2023. 
Uh, Figment. Oh, man, this part made me sad. Uh, so got he too excited for. Oh, dude, <laughs> I felt so bad when he starts talking about Figment and he's hyping it up and he's like, you all remember. And, you know, everybody's cheering and, you know, they're ramping up for this. And he's like, well, he's coming to a meet and greet. And I think people were expecting like some kind of journey into imagination announcement or a revival or new attraction. Mm -hmm. They're getting a meet and greet and you could feel the energy in the room just drop instantly. Yeah. So I felt so bad for the people there. Um, uh, this one was a little surprising, but the Hatbox Ghost is coming to the Haunted Mansion at Walt Disney World. Lame. Move on. Yeah. I, I mean, the Haunted Mansion at Disney World has several rooms and several elements that I think set it apart from the Haunted Mansion here at yeah, Disneyland you got the cool proper. Thing and you got yeah. the extra little uh, library right there at the beginning. So yeah. we got extra stuff. Leave I our think, stuff alone. I think it's unique enough that it could have stayed there. Just like, you know, Paris has the Phantom and, you know, every I think every mansion should have its own thing. You know, and I know yes. that we share the bride in in many ways, but Maybe they should have gotten a different character for Walt Disney World. You know, yeah, I use the same technology and 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 get uh, you know, I honestly I don't I don't want to be so cynical about it, but it's got to be merchandise. Hatbox Ghost merchandise is pretty probably you know uh, prevalent, and they put a Hatbox Ghost over there. Hey, we have I mean nothing stopping them from just having Hatbox Ghost stuff over there, but it will uh, familiarize the Walt Disney World crowd with the Hatbox Ghost if they're not sure, you know, they don't know about it, and then they can have that stuff over there and will sell uh, uh, better than you know the it not being there. Which uh, I a friend pointed out to me, and I noticed when we were at Disneyland, we went to um, the Winnie the Pooh store, and they had Epcot merchandise there. They really? Had, yes, they had like this like Winnie the Pooh pajamas or whatever. And it had like, uh, it said stuff about England and stuff. And then it had like, and then it said like world showcase. And then they had like these pajamas and it had like a bunch of like England and Winnie the Pooh stuff. And then it also had spaceship earth on it. Like there was a lot of just blatant. They also had, uh, the Walt Disney world 50th like vans were uh in like the emporium or whatever it's there's a there's been a lot of lot less uh or a lot of uh, merchandise mingling uh it seems interesting i mean that huh. was i believe yeah i believe in when uh main street electrical parade was happening here disneyland for the 50th they had the merchandise at Walt disney world as well so i mean that makes sense though because the parade has been on both coasts yeah. So for them to have merchandise for that parade, I think, makes sense. If all of Epcot a sudden Disney World. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Epcot isn't here. But if Disney World all of a sudden had like paint the night merchandise, that would be a little suspicious. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that they're starting to have merchandise from both coasts. It's not like it's not going to sell, though. There are plenty of people here that. 
are ordering or order, you know, things from Epcot on eBay or from personal sellers and, you know, different services that offer that type of, of thing. So it's not like it's not going to sell, you know, especially yeah. that there there's a lot of cast members that are in the college program that came from, you know, Florida and vice versa. Yeah. So they would appreciate, I think, having it. But when it comes to the Hatbox Ghost, I do think that we do need something to distinguish each mansion as its own thing. You know? I agree. And when it comes to uh, Haunted Mansion Holiday, you know, with Jack Skellington, I've I've said this before, and it wasn't a popular thing for me to say, but I stand by it. I think for the next five years, we should ship it off to Walt Disney World and we should get a whole, like a brand new overlay that's Coco. And it should just be, you know, a, a Day of the Dead sort of situation. And I, I think it would be super cool to have that in the mansion after Halloween, just, of course. Or just have just the mansion uh, regular with no overlay during Halloween. Like that would yeah. be fine too. Like even I definitely shipped... think it should be after Halloween. Yeah, yeah. But if they if they shipped it over, we just didn't have a, an overlay at all. I would nobody would die. It would be fine. And then I don't that... know. I don't think Mel could handle it. Uh well, you know what? She, <laughs> she's not here to defend herself. So, uh, well, I'm Alyssa. I, I'm gonna stand by Mel on this one. I'm gonna stand with Mel on this one. I think we do need some kind of overlay because it is fun. Uh, it is. I think it is upsetting for some people that come specifically for the Haunted Mansion during the holidays and they get Mansion Holiday versus the regular exactly. Haunted Mansion. But uh, if I had a choice, I would say let's send Mansion Holiday to Walt Disney World for the next five years. We get Coco for the next five. And then after five, they switch. We get Mansion Holiday back and they get, you know, a Coco, you know, overlay over there. But, you know, Imagineering... Uh, I know you're listening. There's a few things that were announced at this D23 Expo that were very similar to armchair Imagineering ideas, so we'll get to those. But you're welcome. Uh, let's see, where are we? Um, Tron Light Cycle Run is now officially opening spring of 2023. Josh was funny because he was like, I know we've been talking about this and talking about this and talking about this and talking about this and so i'm finally here to tell you that it's opening spring of 2023 i was like yeah you've been talking about it for a really long time and but here we from, are from, yeah stuff i've been reading now it's not 100 percent information but compared to other attractions in its you know current testing state the attraction should be ready to open by november but they're pushing the opening till next year for an undisclosed reason. And I don't want to, you know, drum up rumors, but in theory, this attraction could be testing sooner um, than, than uh, spring 2023. So here's hoping that maybe some people will get a, a write on it earlier. Yeah. Cast member previews, man. Those are always fun. Yeah. Cause it's, it's testing with people currently. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's going to be, hopefully, you know what, hopefully they get it done even quicker. Wouldn't that be nice? Yep, yep. The sixth ship in the Disney Cruise Line fleet was announced. It will be named the Disney Treasure. It was also announced that the Disney Wonder will be going to Australia and New Zealand, and new destinations nice. that will also be 
part of their itinerary will now be Fiji and the island of Samoa, which I thought was nice. pretty cool. Dis- uh, new Disney destination, of course, uh, Lighthouse Point in the Bahamas at uh, Eleuthera, I think is the name of the island. Uh, this is a project that Joe Rohde had been working on for several years, so this is not a new announcement. Uh, we knew about this before, but it looks like it has advanced uh, since we last heard of it in 2019. Uh, I wonder who's going to be taking over the project now, because I know he was the primary Imagineer that was uh, leading this project, and now that he's retired, I wonder who's going to take it on. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to say, like, I'm I'm kind of like not as versed in in the Imagineers these days. There's you know, Zach Ridley, and that's the big one that like is kind of all over social media right now. But yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean he's the one that's going to be leading this uh, foray. That's not a word, is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what? It foray. is now. That's it foray. is now. This is the new. You know, I'm getting my dictionary out and writing foray in the dictionary. The dictionary um, just added 500 new words. They can add another one. Yeah, they can add foray. Yeah. It's kind of like foray, but, uh, you know, foray. I can't freak talk. I'm so <laughs> tired. I know, dude. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Um, plus, my head is still pounding, so I'm trying to That's get through okay. this. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. We'll get off the tangents. There's going to be an island and uh, boats are going to go yes. there. Yes, boats will go there. Uh, let's see. We got a peek at Zootopia opening up in Shanghai. Uh, there was a short video of Officer Clawhauser, the new audio animatronic that's going to be greeting you before you board your police vehicles. They get all the good stuff. They do. Yes. Uh, Duffy is getting a new six-episode stop-motion animated series on Disney Plus next year. Nice. We are getting, or I shouldn't say we, Hong Kong Disneyland is getting a new Walt and Mickey statue. They're sitting on a bench, just kind of looking off into the distance. I I kind of dig the statue. I mean, it looks I saw that, it. I, it's a nice one. I like that. It's a good style. I think it's yeah. It kind of reminds me of the the Roy and Minnie statue at Walt Disney World. Yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, that's coming to Hong Kong Disney. World of Frozen gets an opening date. Um, it's going to be opening in late 2023. A new garden promenade will be added to Disneyland Paris, which will co- uh, connect Arendelle to the rest of the park. And in that section, they're going to have a new attraction that is based on Tangled. Uh, Fantasy Springs is coming to Disney Sea. Uh, that's my dream park, man. Disney Sea. Uh, Disney Sea, and then Shanghai so Second. Ah, they get so many Ugh. cool things. I need to go to Japan. For real. Uh, then we got a performance pay for our trip to Japan. Japan, uh, just look, give us a you know, shoot us a little message. We'll vlog it. We'll vlog the whole thing. Then yeah. people can smash that like button, and then hit Weren't subscribe. The Ring that bell were, like, icon. Quote unquote banning <laughs> uh, live videoing yes. or whatever. Yes, they but were. it's <laughs> we'll get into that another time. But that was it's a bit a controversial thing that I think is not a big a deal as people are making it out to be. Uh well yeah we could we could talk about it another day, uh anyway yeah, yeah so uh then we got a performance of Into the Unknown in Japanese Cantonese and in French which was kind of cool actually I I like the rendition that they did 
we have let's see oh they showed some art of the space mountain coming to tokyo and they did like a day to night transition ah it looks gorgeous that Mm -hmm. tomorrowland area with that reimagined space mountain is something we need to have here at disneyland it's it's gorgeous you know Um, they didn't announce at this panel anything for tomorrowland (laughs) yeah yeah not a drop i got a a three more things uh that they announced at this panel and then we can talk about that actually Okay. Um, actually, more than three. There's, there's several. But yes, I, I'm you glad that you brought you tell that. Tell me up. when we're done, and then I'll be. I can tell you what they <laughs> didn't announce, because I got that right up here. I don't even yeah. know the list. I know they didn't announce. <laughs> so then he talked about blue sky ideas and what could be at the Magic Kingdom. Right? He talked about <laughs> Dinoland USA possibly becoming a Moana and a Zootopia area. They talked about, you know, what could be on the other side of Big Thunder Mountain, you know. And then they said, we see the little town of Santa Cecilia and maybe Casa Madrigal over, you know, over the mountain. And then they're like, oh, well, do you want to talk about one more thing? And this part of the presentation was super interesting to me because he he's he went out of his way to say these are not things that are happening these are ideas that we're tossing around but we want to show them to you so you know what the blue sky process is like and i felt it was more of a just just kind of a a temperature you know, of how people are feeling. And yeah, it's a room of 7,000 people, but they get a good idea of what might be more popular before they invest a whole bunch of money into it. Because they mentioned those items and then they said, we're thinking about an area that's overrun by villains. And I thought, wait a second, Josh, were you listening to our Armchair Imagineering episode where we laid out an entire area for this? If not, please refer to this episode of Podcasters because I think you have very many great ideas. It sounded very similar to what we had talked about already a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I I really think that uh, outlining a villains area and these things with you know things from Encanto or Coco, they were all just their way of testing the waters to see what people would be most interested in. And then they can yeah. kind of go through through the development process. Uh, and then they rounded out with some uh, announcements for the Disneyland Resort. And these were the things that were announced for Disneyland. A new platinum-infused decor. Because, Ooh. you know, platinum decor. Special entertainment moments throughout the mm-hmm. resort. Magic Happens will return in spring 2023. You totally nailed the date on that one. New Nighttime Spectacular is coming to DCA. It is World of Color 1. At Disneyland, we're getting a new fireworks show. It's called Wondrous Journeys, which will represent all 60 animated films in the show, which I think is a Herculean task to say the least, to represent 60 films in a fireworks show. You know what? I still think that their fireworks show should have been what I talked about a couple episodes ago, the Walt Disney Company portfolio extravaganza, where it's every, you know, stuff from every uh, thing that has ever been produced by 
uh, or owned by the this, Walt Disney Company. This sounds like a spinoff. This, is, this I sounds know, like a spinoff of your idea. You know, I, I'm going to – you keep going. I'm gonna, I have a complaining tangent so, to get uh, onto. But property I, per minute. Uh, I think they heard the episode. Anyway, so the final thing was that they debuted the song that's going to be a part of Wondrous Journeys. The song is called It's Wondrous. And uh, it's a song. Um, (laughs) It's it's very folksy. It's unlike anything that we've heard as part of the fireworks or parades at Disneyland. It's very of monsters and men to me. That that's the type of music, like folksy music style, that I I like, the vibe that I got from it. Like like uh, what's that band? Uh, um, it's oh, it's very I Mumford and Sons. That. Also, that's what I was thinking. Mumford yeah. and Sons. Okay. Just yeah, like, they're like like mandolin and stuff. Like I mean, it was very guitar heavy. It it did. Uh-huh. It was very folksy. It's very different. I. And and I want to say that I want to be clear. It sounds different. I don't want to knock it yet because I don't know what it's going to be like when I see it with the fireworks show. I mean, if mm-hmm. if the fireworks show is, you know, queued up to it so perfectly that you lose yourself within the show with the music, it might be the perfect companion to it. You know, and mm-hmm. even when I heard Magic Happens it was a slight departure from some of the other types of music. Not not a heavy departure, but it was enough of a departure that it sounded like a pop song adapted to a Disney parade versus a, a song created for a Disney parade, right? Yeah. And so this kind of feels the same way. It feels like it was a song created and that is being adapted to a Disney fireworks show to celebrate the 100-year anniversary versus a show that was created specifically for the anniversary. You know, they were really on, you know, TikTok, the sea, sea shanties are really big. And so I think that's, that's where <laughs> they got their idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to hear anything else. I'm going to hear a sea shanty every time I hear that song. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, the tempo wasn't that hard. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that heavy, but it's enough to. I mean, look, there's a, a preview of it online. If I if I find a single version of it, I will put it in the blog post for this episode, uh, podcasters.com/slash/four-thirty, and you know, you judge for yourself. Uh, but if I find it, I will also post it on Discord. Because I want to hear what you all think about it. Uh, I mean, it's not its not a horrible song, right? I want to be clear about that. It's not a, a horrible song. It's just not something that you're used to hearing as part of a Disney fireworks show. This one will need uh, some context with it. We'll see, you know, we'll, have, we'll wait and see when the, the show happens. Yeah, yeah. All we can do, right? So that was the uh, Disney Parks and Experiences uh, there was a lot of stuff that we had previously heard before. Um, this parks panel was definitely different than the last one that we had. It felt like they were being very cautious about not announcing new things when they already had things in the wings and or things that never came to fruition because of the pandemic or because of budget cuts or whatever you want to call them. 
So this one was a lot more what if and hey, remember this? It's happening versus here's a bunch of new things that are coming. You know, because we even speculated in the last episode, what do you think we're going to get? And yeah, there was there was, you know, a whole bunch of remember this happening. Yeah. And it's it's kind of interesting to see because I don't want to get in a whole big thing, but I probably will. Uh, the company and the state that it is right now is in a uh, a state of uh, high revenue, I, I guess. Uh, things are going well. Chapek has uh, expanded their portfolio and their pocketbooks and the blah, blah, blah. Things are looking good. Shareholders are happy. The thing that is not happening from a public perspective is is investment in the uh, the places and the things that uh, Disney fans interact with tangibly. Now, Disney fans can watch Disney Plus, and that's you know, and their movies, and that's their their you know big uh, you know revenue stream is Disney Plus and the films and and their media. Um, but the, 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 you know, their, one of their next biggest things is the parks. And this is the place where uh, Disney fans can physically interact with the properties that they love. And uh, it's it from my perspective and a lot of other people's perspective, it's it doesn't seem like the parks are being given the respect that they deserve that we expect them to get um so it's 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 a this uh panel at the expo was on my end quite disappointing to to see that the things that they felt comfortable announcing or were things that like you said were already in the works or things that are very very inexpensive and won't you know cost anything to you know a figment meet and greet's not going to cost them anything but a costume and to pay a performer so the when the term the theme park wars like that that's kind of been going on you know probably 10 years a little more when universal started really upping their game and, you know, Disney and them were kind of competing and, you know, kind of in this arms race of the Harry Potter, Galaxy's Edge, da 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 And at this point, from today, Universal seems to be keeping investing in things without a lot of fanfare or um, even, like, media coverage or anything. There's not a big whole... All right, here's our plans, da da da, this and this, and don't get excited for the, you know, get excited for this and da 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 da. They're going and just doing things. They built a whole roller coaster without telling anybody, mm-hmm. the Velasa coaster in 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 Florida. They kind of just did it and opened it, and people loved it. They're building an entire theme park that nobody really knows anything about. They've released some concept art, and that's it. And they're just going at it. And they're not, like, asking for, you know, praise or anything and trying to do all this kind of manipulative, uh, you know, marketing. Uh, the, the Nintendo Land in Universal Hollywood as well, they're, they're building that, you know. Granted, it's a, it's a transplant from Japan, 
but it's something that uh, is a uh, super popular IP, and it's something that nobody expected. They just kind of did it. Um, so at this point, even though I am a huge Disney fan, I can see a lot of people turning to Universal to to get more, uh, I guess, love from a company, even if it's if it's uh, you know not real or whatever, because they're still making money, yada yada yada. But the the way currently Universal is running its theme parks is what Disney fans were used to in the past. Now, customer service and and other things may not be of the same quality yet, or I don't know, but that investment in new attractions, in experiences and quality um, entertainment across the parks is what is putting them at equal or above in some cases uh, than Disney. Um, because at the point we're at right now, Chapek and Josh tomorrow and, and the, the uh, I want all my money now kind of mentality is pushing people away. And also uh, it's, it's not publicly, you know, it's not looking like they're investing in the, the, the things that the people can physically interact with, you know, yeah. they can watch it. You can watch Disney plus at home, but you can't meet Mickey mouse at home. You can't, right. you know, go do these things. And I, I was thinking about this over the weekend and, and stuff when, after the parks panel was announced with the dearth of announcements for, for anything parks related. Um, yeah. You know, the, 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 Tomorrowland, the Indiana Jones, you know, refurb the even Tarzan's Treehouse. What's going on with there? Epcot's 40th anniversary is coming up, and there wasn't a thing announced for it. There's, you know, there's countless things that that people that you know people have been expecting announcements that we have all speculated, you know, should be coming. Why is Paint the Night still just not around? Why why are all these things that seem to our perspective like no brainers to bring people into the parks uh create more capacity and enjoyment from these people and they're not being addressed um so that's kind of the the sour note of the expo for me is uh you know i uh, i'm first and foremost of my disney fandom is for the parks i love the movies and i you know i you know marvel and indiana jones and everything but i'm that's my my passion is the parks and it it's uh disappointing to say the least to to feel to you know see that they are not uh wholeheartedly putting their their backing behind the parks like they are uh disney plus yeah Rant yeah, over. I mean, <laughs> you bring up you bring up so many things that I think we could just make entire episodes out of, you know, because there's so much to discuss when it comes to a lot of the points you made. Um, but just to quickly touch on on some of those things, uh, you're right about Universal. Like Universal is doing everything that they can to bring in popular uh, products into their parks, and they're using the minions as the catalyst for that change like the minions have become one of the most popular ips ever 
for any company. Every mom loves the minions. Like yeah, every grandma I, loves the minions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every they, kid like, loves the minions. Regardless of the age that you are, like you can connect with the minions somehow. And so using them as the primary mascot for Universal has been one of the greatest changes that they've implemented in the last decade. Aside from that, one thing that I don't think we can take for granted is if you remember not too long ago, there was the change that was happening at Imagineering where they were moving Imagineering to Florida. And so a lot of Imagineers didn't want to make the move, you know, because their families are rooted here, their friends are rooted here. And so a lot of them uh, quit. You know, they were given the, the option of leaving the company or moving to Florida. And a lot of them said, yeah, we're not going to move my family to Florida. We're staying here. And so a lot of those Imagineers are going to go on to create their own companies or, you know, serve as advisors or get hired by Universal. And so you have these amazingly talented people no longer working for Disney and putting that effort into something at Universal, which is going to only elevate what Universal can produce because that's exactly what happened when the Wizarding World opened. That was a, a turning point for a lot of people that used to work for Disney. And so now we get this amazing land. Now we're getting, you know, um, Super Nintendo World. We're getting all this new stuff at Universal, and it's only going to keep growing for them. When it comes to the parks, it's hard, man. I, I know exactly how you feel. And I just keep thinking to myself, um, I've been very open about how I admire Bob Iger and I, I admire a lot of the changes that he made in the company, a lot of the things that he acquired. But from a business standpoint, I just keep wondering how in debt or what are we not seeing when it comes to those transactions that Disney feels they have to somehow counteract like all this money that Bob Iger spent like, are they trying to build up, like, uh, like you know, Apple? They just have so much money in the bank. Are they trying to do the mm -hmm. same thing so that they're not caught in a situation where all of a sudden, you know, two years ago in the pandemic, they were in debt because of all these purchases or the Fox purchase specifically, and they found themselves in a little bit of trouble? Like, I'm wondering if that has anything to do with it. Like, I, I don't know enough about what happens in the background to say one way or mm -hmm. the other. But just from a business standpoint, I'm wondering how much of it was evening all of that out. And now are they trying to get to a place where they feel like they have enough of a buffer where they don't end up in that situation before they can proceed with really executing things in the parks? You know what I mean? So I yeah, yeah, I get it. That's 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 why that's why I tried to say from from our perspective, you know, because we we don't know the whole story. They're not going to tell us, oh, hey, we have, uh, you know, X amount of debt and this percentage right. of this right. and blah, blah, blah. So it's, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it would be interesting to know all those things that we are never going to know. But uh, here's hoping that it's a temporary thing to to, uh, you know, build those coffers up to uh to allow them to do bigger and better things in the future i i yeah. guess and i will but say that yeah, yeah. that universal has been doing a really good job of allowing their guests to really be the ones spreading the word about universal mm -hmm. 
You know, they're yeah. not, I feel like they're not as litigious when it comes to people using their characters for things. And so the mm. ability for people to use those characters helps people connect with them a lot more. Mm. Now, granted, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, like all these characters that have been around for years don't necessarily need that because there's so many people that are already pre-connected to them that they don't face the same challenges but mm -hmm. when you have universal throwing snark out at disneyland on twitter and other social platforms mm -hmm. like when the annual passes got canceled at disneyland universal responded on twitter like we still love our annual pass holders like come get an annual yeah, pass you are. know I, and like, they're reasonably priced now. Granted, exactly. Not as much park, but they're still, you know what? I could buy one, you know, fairly easily and not not hurt too bad at all. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Knott's Berry Farm is the same way, minus the snark. Mm -hmm. Right. Like there's exactly. a pretty reasonable. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they have a lot of really nice things and they have a lot of great food and everything. So, yeah. Knott's has, has a lot of heart, I think. Knott's has a lot yeah. of like 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 real like uh what do i want to say like down hominess it's it's not a big you know it is owned by a big company it's owned by six flags uh i'm pretty sure cedar fair owns not sperry farm but they seem to be kind of just left to their own devices at Knott's Berry Farm, and they kind of just do some fun stuff and uh, hopefully you like it like that's kind of the it seems like the vibe from Knott's Berry Farm yeah, and no, they got I got my hillbillies, which I need to go see. I've missed yeah. my hillbillies so much. I agree. So yeah, I think uh, again, there's so many great points that you made there that I think we can invest time in other episodes to talk about. But we still have a lot of D23 to cover, so I think we should continue. Uh, but yeah, before we big, do, bi uh, a big rant. Yes, before we yeah. do, before let's, we uh, do, let's. Uh... <laughs> uh, I do want to take a moment to thank a special group of listeners known as the FGP squad, our podcast for your godparents, because it's their support via so Patreon cool. that help make these episodes of Podcasters possible. Being a part of the FGP squad family does get you some additional perks like access to our happy hour calls, access to the Podcasters after show or on Patreon, additional recordings like the SEA recording that we talked about a while ago in this episode. If you want more info on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, you can head over to podcasters.com slash FGP. There you'll find a list of some of our top contributors. You will also find a link to our Patreon and a little info on the FGP Squad. And, of course, if you have any questions, we will be happy to answer them. Just please feel free to reach out to us on Instagram, Discord, Facebook, whatever is easiest for you. Uh, and, of course, to all of the members of the FGP Squad, we want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Yeah, and uh, this week on our, uh, you know, thank an FGP squad member. Let's bring up our uh, name randomizer and doodly 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 do. We are thanking this week Drew. So bow, thank bow, you, Drew, for being a, a FGP member. Uh, we really appreciate all you do. Thank you for coming to the uh, FGP happy hour. Um, thanks for being right there and helping us out and and we really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I try to say different nice things about everybody on these, but uh, 
Drew's a cool guy, and thank you so much. And if you want to get thanked uh, on uh, an episode, just go ahead and uh, become an FGP member and FGP squad. That's right. And, uh, yeah, then then you'll get on this random list, and maybe your uh, name will come up soon. So uh, do that because uh, it's a good, fun family, and you should uh, join. Thank you, everyone, and I'll leave it at that. And thank you, Drew. Yes, indeed. All right. Um, the other panel that I wanted to kind of bullet point down was the Disney and Marvel Games Showcase. Uh, the very first game that I want to talk about is Disney Illusion Island. Uh, Disney Illusion Island looks so fun. Like it is uh, reminiscent and kind of an homage to the old games like Castle of Illusion and Magical Quest on some of the old 8-bit and 16-bit systems. However, the animation style is based on the new Mickey Mouse cartoons. Uh, it's very Runaway Railway, you know, when you see it. And it just, it looks like such a fun game. Like they demo, uh, uh, demoed a little bit of it. There's a trailer for it available as well. And I am so for this game. It's going to be available on Nintendo Switch. They didn't say that it was going to be available on any other platforms other than the Switch. But it's definitely one that I'm going to pick up once it's available. The next one but, was... So it's, is it like a side-scroller kind of idea? Yeah. Is that the idea you're talking about? Okay. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. I'll send you... I'll post the link in the blog post for the episode, podcasters.com slash 430. I'll post it up on Discord, and then you can take Perfect. a look at it because it is... It looks like such a fun game. Kind of uh, like, the a, next... like a cuphead almost. Yeah, kind of. Like, yeah. Kind of like a Cuphead style. Anyway, I keep interrupting. Yeah. We got to get this episode on the road. <laughs> yeah. The next game that I'm interested in getting is called Midnight Suns. Uh, this is a mm -hmm. game that is going to have Marvel characters, and it's scheduled to be out, uh, I believe, December 2nd of this year. It's a slightly darker game that's based on a nine-issue run of the same name. It was called Midnight Suns Unlimited. And in short, it's Marvel characters that we're familiar with, like Iron Man, Ghost Rider, Blade, and among a whole bunch of others, obviously, that you meet throughout the game. But they are fighting against a demon named Lilith, who is the first wife of Adam, but then she left the Garden of Eden to be the ruler of demons. And if you've been watching the uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, you might be familiar with the character because she was a, a big part of that series, uh, especially towards the end there. But it's basically Marvel versus the Underworld, and it's supposed to be on uh, all major platforms. Uh, PS4, 5, Xbox, PC, Switch, everything. So that's definitely one I want to pick up once it's available. Uh, we have Avatar Reckoning. It's Avatar. It's a game. It's a Reckoning. It's coming. Uh, we got an official uh, Avatar. Uh, I reckon. Yeah, they got it. We get an official trailer for a Disney Mirrorverse, which will feature a Haunted Hallows event starting October sixth, which I thought was pretty cool. I haven't played uh, any demos existed, or anything. Right? Yeah, I haven't played. Uh, it was primarily to feature the Haunted Hallows event and some of the new things that okay. that are coming to the game. Uh, it I isn't see. a game that I've played yet. But my kids have played, and they seem to have had fun playing. So I might pick it up soon to to go through that. 
Uh, we got a look at an untitled project by Marvel and Skydance New Media, which features Black Panther and Captain America, and it's set in World War II. This one looks super mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, it is a younger Captain America, of course, because it's right around the time that he was, you know, an active soldier. It's shortly after the Super Serum, but it's it the Black Panther because it's. Um, because it's based in World War II, it's actually T'Challa's grandfather that is going to be playing the role of Black Panther in that game. So uh, that's going to be an interesting game. Uh, plus, there's going to be two other characters that are not super that are going to be kind of like the sidekicks of the game. So it's like four characters that are playing through this. Uh, I'm waiting to get more info and more trailers and stuff to to learn a little bit more about the game. I don't even think it has a One name of yet. Me. Oh, nice, nice. One of the side characters is me. Very cool. I, you know what? Then I have to pick it up now. Now that I know. Yeah, it's me. It'll be cool. Yeah. It'll be Sweet. yeah. Captain America, Black Panther, and Andrew. <laughs> oh, you're not Captain America. No, I'm one of the non-super sidekicks. Oh, I thought you were playing Captain America. No, no, no. It's actual. You can play as Andrew, like Pocketeers nice. Andrew. I have a Pocketeer nice. shirt on. It didn't exist in the you know World War Two, but you know that's it's recognizable. Nice. Well, you could play as as Pocketeers Hazen in most wrestling games, but not in a World War Two ah, game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we got a game based on Tron coming. It is called Tron Identity. It's going to be released in 2025. Uh, it's supposed to be. Away. Yeah. Oh, sorry. 2023. Oh, okay. I don't know That's where I got 2025 sooner. from. It's 2023. Uh, it's it looks like it's going to be kind of like a detective sort of game. Like there's going to be some mystery to it and you have to solve some stuff. Looks pretty interesting. Plus, it's Tron. It's going to look pretty. One of the other games that I was really excited about was we saw a demo for something called Disney Speedstorm. And the best way for me to describe this is Disney Mario Kart. Ah, yes. It looks like it's going to be available on multiple platforms as well. So uh, I think you can sign up for alerts on their website. Just search for Disney Speedstorm and you'll be able to sign up for alerts when the demos and everything are available. Uh, And then the last game that they highlighted was an interesting one. It's going to be released in early 2023, and it's from the makers of Niantic, or it's from Niantic, the makers of Pokemon Go. It's a game called Marvel World of Heroes. And as they describe it, you can become a Marvel superhero in the real world. Create your own hero, patrol your neighborhood to foil crimes, and team up with your friends as well as iconic Marvel heroes such as Spider-Man, Captain America, and Wolverine to save the multiverse. Now, look, I love Pokemon Go. I love Marvel. I love Harry Potter. But... I also played Wizards Unite, which was a Niantic game based on Harry Potter. And it it was okay. It wasn't as fun as Pokemon Go. I I'm concerned that this Marvel game will be similar. However, I'm optimistic that they learn from Wizards Unite and will implement some of the hopefully 
uh, challenging things that made Wizards Unite not as fun as Pokemon Go, and they've fixed some of that in World of Heroes, if that makes sense. Anybody out there yeah. that's listening that has played Go, that has played Unite, knows what I'm talking about. So, new game coming, still going to play it, still looking forward to it, and I'll tell you the truth, more than likely, even if it's not as good and if, if it's very similar to Wizards Unite, I'm probably going to continue playing that one because I I just like Marvel that much more than than I probably like Harry Potter. So Marvel's got to catch them all, right? Yeah, got to catch all, all those, the superheroes. Got to catch all those superheroes. <laughs> I'm going to trap Marvel. them all in the mirror verse, in the in the mirror you dimension. Gotta trap them in your Marvel balls. And, no, I'm going to uh, trap them in the mirror dimension like Wong wants to do for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's the Disney and Marvel Games panel. Uh, did they not next. talk anything about uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley or any? Did they? Did they mention any oh, of that? Oh, they! Or, I'm so uh, sorry. I completely skipped it on my list. They talked about Disney Dreamlight Valley and they showed uh, some clips of it. They didn't talk a lot about it because it was a game that was already out and you could actually play already if you uh, got one of the founders packs. Yet, but I'm gonna. But um, I'm glad that you reminded me because I have yet to launch the game since I bought it right before D23. And then we had the, the problems with the website last week that I had to work on, which is why the episode was late. But I think today is the last day for me to log on to get some like freebies or something. So uh, I should write that down and do that once we're done recording. Uh, so, yes. So that's that's that. And next, uh, wanted to quickly bullet all the stuff coming to Disney Plus, Disney Junior, Disney Channel. This was a panel that you attended, right? The Disney branded television the, presents. Yes, Disney branded television, uh, the musical, the series, the extravaganza, whatever. It was quite interesting. They had a lot of musical performances. They had uh, Dan Pavermore and what the guy's name, Swampy Marsh guy. Uh, yeah. They came out and like did a rap based on uh, Disney branded television that they worked in the phrase Disney branded television. Uh, so I thought that was uh, interesting. Uh, it started out with a performance by Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. So it was a good fun time. There was a lot of celebrities came out. Um, uh, K, I always grew up his name, K. Hai Kwan, a uh, short round, if you know, from Indiana Jones. Um, oh, okay. He's going to be part of a new series on Disney Plus. Um, American-born Chinese. Um, this is his, uh, uh, you know, big return to the to the screen. Um, we, uh, I think, after uh, hearing this, I think the monkey on the um, on that poster had to do possibly with this. The Monkey King um, is a big part of this uh, the American-born Chinese series, and they brought that up a lot. So remember, there was that monkey that we didn't yeah. know what was a, <laughs> it was on there. So could be that. Uh, there's a couple different monkey announcements, um, but I have a feeling it might have been in reference to that. Uh, but yeah, it was a good, fun panel. Uh, we can run through uh, what they announced, and if I remember anything, I'll uh, uh, chime in, I guess. Cool. So I'm just going to quickly go through these. So on Disney+, Plus, some of the new things that we're going to be getting over the next year or so are uh, the Muppets Mayhem. High School Musical, the Musical, the Musical, the Series, Season 3. 
American-born Chinese, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, yep. The Proud Family, Louder mm-hmm. and Prouder, Growing Up with my favorite person in the world, Brie Larson. She is a creator, and I believe she is also hosting that. Best in it's Snow. A, yeah, it's like a documentary series. Yeah. Best in Snow. Pentatonics Around the World for the Holidays. Love me some Pentatonics. Uh, the Hip Hop Nutcracker, The Santa Clauses, National Treasure, Edge, Edge of History, Marvel's um, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, a uh, couple of documentaries named Choir and Madu, Big Shot Season 2. Uh, I was happy to see this on the roster because I love Season 1, but Doogie Kamealoa, MD, is coming back for a second season. Uh-huh. Prom Pact, and that's it for Disney+. Plus. Disney Junior is getting a series called Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. Disney Channel is getting Under Wraps 2, Descendants 4, and uh, a season of Raven's Home. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur looks very cool. The, ca- the cast came out. It was it was great. Um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne is a producer on that and also a voice, I believe, of the villain. Um, there was... Uh, I'm trying to remember. They also announced they did like a couple other announcements with uh, uh, I, I think they're just like talking about the the Playhouse Disney Disney Junior kind of uh, a series like Doc McStuffins. They had they brought out Doc McStuffins and they brought out uh, Princess Sophia and uh, who else did they bring out? Uh, well, I don't remember, but Vivette Nicole Brown was there. And um, ooh, what's his name from Scrubs? Um, he was there. Uh, so there, it was it was fun, you know. Uh, Scrubs. Oh, Donald Faison. Yes, Donald Faison. He was there, and uh, they're talking about stuff. Um, maybe that was the Star Wars one. I don't remember. No, it nice. wasn't the Star Wars one. That was right. It was stuff. It was fun. The Muppets were definitely the highlight. You know, Catherine Zeta Jones was there with with the cast of um, uh, National Treasure. Uh, so that looks quite interesting. Yeah, Brie Larson was there and uh, brought out one of the stars of that documentary series growing up. Uh, Who else was there? I don't know. It was, oh, Tim Allen came out and um, it was very funny because uh, it was hosted by Raven, Simone, and uh, ooh, darn. I forgot her name. Not important at this point of the story. But basically, there's a giant teleprompter in the back and they can read off of it. I was watching it very closely to see what was going on and what was coming up because that's what I do. Um, but when Tim Allen came out for the uh, Santa Claus, the Santa Clauses uh, section, uh, he read nothing off the teleprompter and kind of oh, just wow. uh, winged it and was like, yep, okay, so I'm supposed to come out here and say this, but you just want to know that the Santa Claus is going to be this, and there's it's about story and this and that, and Bernard's going to be there. And the Bernard was nothing on the teleprompter at all. <laughs> um, so it was uh, that was quite interesting, and, and they're trying to get him on track to be like, say the thing so he can lead into the clip, and it was uh, quite interesting. But uh, fun nonetheless, they had lots of... Uh, Musical performance, dance performances, uh, the the choir um, uh, documentary series is about uh, this choir. I believe they're from Chicago. They were on America's Got Talent um, and kind of had a that blew up after that. Um, I, and so it's a series about them and and how they work and stuff like that. So there's a performance by them. Uh, yeah, it was fun. I, I it was a good panel. I wasn't expecting. I wasn't sure what this the panel was. I didn't really read about it. I was like, musical, the extravaganza, whatever. Sounds fun. 
And then it was like, oh, Disney branded television, which is a phrase that I've not really heard before or, you know, uh, registered as a thing. So uh, it's quite interesting to to see it. Uh, But yeah, Muppets uh, were definitely uh, the highlight for me. Nice. Yeah, it seemed like that was a really great way to start off the panel. So uh, I saw a little bit of the video clips that they were showing because they would broadcast throughout the expo whenever some of these panels were happening. So uh, mm-hmm. it was fun. Uh, I'm hoping somebody ends up posting that one because it's certainly one that I would like to see just to see Tim Allen, uh, one, to see the Muppets, and two, to see Tim Allen go completely off script and just start ranting uh, about what the Santa Claus is, is going to be about. That's basically what it was. It was pretty silly. Uh, well, I was not <laughs> expecting him to come out. It was uh, my wife was like, "Yeah, there's no way he's coming." And I was like, "Yeah, probably not." But wouldn't it be cool if he did? And then he showed up. Well, maybe that's why he did it because he wasn't expecting. And last minute, they were like, "You're on." Yeah, because I think like the biggest, the next biggest name on on that roster was uh, Cal Penn was up there because oh, wow. he's in the show. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's see. We had the Marvel panel. There was, well, it was a bigger panel that included some Marvel stuff. Uh, During that panel, some of the Marvel things that were announced. uh, First of all, I'm jealous that they got that they had an opportunity to see an entire musical uh, number for Rogers the Musical because that's what opened Mm -hmm. that up. Yes, I saw that, and I am jealous and. Hopefully that means they're uh, realizing how popular Rogers the Musical is and maybe expanding that a little bit. Yeah, coming to the Hyperion and or whatever they decide to name that once Avengers Campus expands into Hollywoodland. It can still be the Hyperion. It's just like a New York. It could just be in a theater in New York. It's the Hyperion it can. New York or whatever. Very yeah, true. It's just like a street. Yeah. Very true. Easy peasy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. <laughs> Uh, So I did get an opportunity to watch a recording of this. So to just quickly go down the line, uh, the recording that I saw did not have any of the exclusive trailers. uh, So I thought it was nice and respectful that the person stopped recording or at least removed them uh, during uh, after they uploaded their video. But it started off with Rogers the Musical. Then we got an exclusive new trailer for Wakanda Forever, which included uh, footage that we had not yet seen before. Uh, It was slightly different than the one that was at Comic-Con, and it did explain a little bit more about what's happening in Wakanda now that uh, T'Challa has passed and the fights that are happening you know, uh, with the Wakandans. So we have a little more story now. It's a little bit better, and hopefully that drops soon so that we can enjoy that as well. Uh, Ryan Coogler, who is directing Wakanda Forever, stayed on stage because he is also directing Ironheart. Uh, He was... uh, he started uh, talking a little bit about the production of that uh, Disney Plus series and confirmed that Anthony Ramos from In the Heights and Hamilton will be playing the hood in that series. Uh, we then went on to get some information about Ant-Man and Quantumania. There was uh, pretty much the same trailer that they showed at Comic-Con. Again, just like uh, Wakanda Forever, same Comic-Con trailer, but with a few added scenes. This one, I believe, had an extended scene with uh, Ant-Man and Kang the Conqueror. So there's a little bit more dialogue between them, uh, which gives more context to uh, the talk that they're having. 
Uh, we got a look at Werewolf by Night. This is a Halloween special that's coming to Disney Plus on October 7th. Dude, this looks so good. Like, there's a trailer for this out. It looks so good. It looks like it's coming from the mind of Tim Burton, but it's directed Mm -hmm. by Michael Giacchino. Yes, music composer Michael Giacchino. Yes, and it looks like old school black and white monster movies. Uh, It's made in that, uh, it has a little bit more effects to it and everything, but like if you watch the trailer you are going to be anticipating this to drop it looks really it looks good. i've only yeah i've only seen a little bit of it but it looks very noir kind of inspired um and yeah it's it's interesting it's like a marvel studios special or something is how it's being mm-hmm. branded and so it'll yeah. be interesting to see if if things like that continue you know one off little just character things that they don't intend to tie into the whole universe because it'd be nice to just explore some characters and get little little one-offs like this mm-hmm. it is the multiverse they can do whatever they want it's also just a tv channel and they can do whatever they want true anyway. like very true like, just make a just make a show about spider-man that's not connected or whatever you know not spider-man because Sony, but you know just yeah anyway we got more info on secret wars we're getting a Loki season two. Fantastic Four finally has a, a director. Kevin Feige was on stage and he pointed out that Matt Shackman will be directing Fantastic Four. Matt Shackman had directed Star Trek Four. Uh, people at the panel were also able to see a scene from an upcoming episode of She-Hulk where she's interacting with Daredevil on a rooftop. Uh, they brought out some of the cast of Captain America New World Order to talk about the film. They uh, officially revealed that the lineup for the Thunderbolts is going to be obviously led by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who we've been talking about for some time now. Uh, the team is going to be Yelena Belova, the Winter Soldier, uh, Bucky, Ghost, uh, Red Guardian, U.S. Agent, and Taskmaster. There was no word on whether Baron Zemo was going to be a part of the Thunderbolts or if he was even going to be a part of the series, uh, especially considering that Baron Zemo was the original person that put together the Thunderbolts in the comics. Uh, however, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly, they weren't called that when he put them together. They were called like Masters of Evil or something like that. Um, but in short, uh, if you want to understand in a, in a short phrase, what, uh, what the Thunderbolts are to Marvel, uh, I think we've mentioned this on a previous episode, but if you're a DC fan, Thunderbolts is basically Marvel's version of the suicide squad. Uh, and then finally, those that were in attendance were able to watch a trailer for the Marvels. So that scene at the end of Miss um, Marvel where she swaps places with Captain Marvel is explained a little bit more in that trailer. We get a little bit more info about what's happening, why, and uh, I'm waiting for this trailer to drop as well because everything that I'm hearing and everything that I've read so far says that the movie is gearing up to be uh, pretty good. Because the trailer sets it up really well. Cool. And that that wraps up the the Marvel portion 
of the D23 announcements. Uh, ironically enough, it sounded like we didn't get a lot of Star Wars information, uh, aside from mm-hmm. you know some of the things happening in the parks, the Disney Junior announcement. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of that happened at Star Wars Celebration. And while we did get a lot of Marvel stuff and everything at Comic-Con, I think they were able to leave some stuff behind for D23, whereas whether they did it here or they did it at Star Wars Celebration, it made sense to do all the Star Wars announcements at Star Wars Celebration because it's their own product anyway. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's probably why we didn't get a lot of that info. But uh, as far as panels are concerned... Those were some of the major ones. Uh, On Sunday, Andrew uh, and I were able to attend the, um, what was it called again? Uh, Oh, yeah, the Disney Uh, Parks Through the Decades, a Disney Ambassador Perspective, along with Andrew's wife. And, uh, you know, it, it was way better than I thought it was going to be. It wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, I really wasn't sure about it, but... The only reason I really jumped in on it, they D23 had posted, hey, this panel, we're giving out a piece of a tree. And I was like, I want a free piece of a tree. And then the panel was really good. And it was, you know, uniting some, you know, uh, ambassadors from past. The very first uh, Disneyland ambassador was there. The second Disneyland ambassador. The very first Walt Disney World ambassador. Plus a smattering of, of ambassadors from other parks from uh, the past and then some and then all the current ambassadors were also there so it was uh, uh interesting to have them all talk and meet and talk about their their experiences uh you know with walt or the company and what have you and then you got a piece of a tree at the end the piece of the tree was an interesting addition and that's really what brought me into it as well uh when you when you mentioned mm-hmm. that i was like okay and i remember i i had to go to the bathroom so badly and I held it uh-huh. just so that I could go to this panel to get this piece of tree. And so I'm I'm glad I was able to, you know, not pass out or anything from that. But uh, essentially, yeah, essentially what it is is uh, a lot uh, across the resorts. They they have, you know, trees and plants and everything that reach an end of life cycle. And so Rhonda Wood is one of the cast members that has been protecting a lot of the different species that are represented for a lot of the plants in the resorts. And what they did is uh, as they were getting rid of some of the the plant life and the trees that were in Toontown, since it was getting reimagined, they got together with a company called Daniels Woodland, and they uh, created these little pucks from these trees that are stamped. They're like branded. They say D23, and then they have an inscription of the piece of tree in the area that it was taken from, so the attraction that it was tied to. And uh, they only made a thousand of these. And so everyone in attendance uh, for that panel uh, received one of these. Uh, I thought it was a super cool keepsake, you know, that they 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 did mention uh, Mikey Trujillo, who was an ambassador several years ago, was the moderator for the panel. He hosted the event uh, for that one. And he mentioned that, if you know, it's a it's a good way to take the magic home you know, with you. And it's true, you know, to have a little piece of Disney history. It's it's not the petrified tree, but hey, it's a tree that was at Disneyland nonetheless. And that's super cool. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's like got shellac on it. So it's not like going to fall apart and 
they also gave that uh, cast member an award, the, like the green being green or, or environmentally. So I forget the wording, but she got an award on stage. Um, she was an art. She's an arborist with with uh, Dis- the Disney company with, I think, Disneyland mm-hmm. specifically um, to uh, take care of the trees. It's a full time job of just just taking care of trees. That's all she does. Trees. Uh, they did say that. This is a new the start of a new uh, project that they're working on where uh, products made from these trees will be f- available for sale at the Disneyland Resort. I, I believe they said the Disney Gallery and probably downtown Disney as well and in, in, in one of the galleries down there. But it's a, a new thing that you can buy coming soon. Yeah. Uh, they didn't give a date on that, but uh, I believe the, the next thing they talked about, they had mentioned the trees that were replaced in the Pirates of the Caribbean queue. So there should be something coming from oh, those right. uh, soon. Right. Yeah. And then the icing on the cake is that because they were removing all of those trees, they're also making a $25,000 donation to a nonprofit called Tree People that are going to be planting trees uh, in urban neighborhoods uh, throughout Southern California to kind of make up for the trees that they were removing as part of this process. So also very cool. So, I mean, those were some of the major panels with some of the major announcements that we either attended or had an opportunity to watch later. The only other panel that I attended on Sunday was the uh, or that I, that I was able to watch was the Walt Disney Imagineering 70 Years of Making the Impossible Possible. Uh, that panel was fun, uh, primarily because. I mean, I just love anything that has to do with Imagineering. Uh, I love whenever they're able to uh, give us an insight into what's happening, how they, what they're, I mean, their process, what they do, how they do it, when they do it, how they became an Imagineer, stuff like that. And that's really what it was. It was um, hosted by Leslie Iwerks. And so she split it into two uh, two segments. The first one was kind of the history. And they talked a little bit about how it came to be, how some of those Imagineers um, ended up working for Imagineering. And the second portion of it was um, uh, some of the technology and some of the things that they're working on. So the first half had uh, Bob Weiss, Kevin Rafferty, Kim Irvine, Jeanette Lomboy, and Sharita Carter. And then the second half were Ron Hamming, Alfredo Ayala, Emily Dow, Leslie Evans, and Tommy Jones. So yeah, it was fun. It was a big crowd. There was, uh, there, it was a, a, a slightly difficult panel for me to be a part of not because of the content but because of the people that were around me um Mm -hmm. they they were not they were not being very nice so to speak but it was what it was and so you know i enjoyed what i was able to watch Uh, i'm hoping that this is one of those panels that ends up on disney plus or something um, because it was recorded, it was one of the Disney uh, D23 live panels that was also a part of the live stream that day. Um, but yeah, I mean, Disney, if you're listening, even if you don't want to put them up for free and you want to charge 20, 30 bucks for people that weren't able to attend or 
people that were able to attend just enter your badge number or something for a free reviewing or viewing of panels that we weren't able to attend you're welcome please make it happen put them on disney plus you already have my yeah. money for the next year make it happen yeah it's it's uh you know what it's they all they recorded them so yeah Hopefully it's just a matter of editing and getting to Disney Plus because what's up there at Disney Plus right now is they're like two little ten minute like recap things. So uh, th- there's going to be some time and hopefully energy put into making these consumable for yeah. us for sure. There was one there was one portion of that panel that I thought you would get a kick out of, and it was a story oh, that sure. um, Kevin Rafferty was was um, telling where uh, he mentioned that, you know, you should always... They were talking about pitching certain things, and there was an idea that he had that Marty Sklar called him one day and said, hey, I'm sitting in an office right now with uh, Michael Eisner and Bob Iger. I want you to come over, and I want you to pitch this thing. And he said, right now? Like, I'm in, I'm right in the middle of working on something. And I, you know, I, I got I to gotta be in Florida. And he says, but, you know, it's Michael Eisner and Bob Iger. And he said, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to have to be, you know, in Florida. And so he kept a copy of this memorandum because he, the Marty Sklar sent a memo to Michael Eisner and Bob Iger that said, Dear Michael and Bob, Kevin Rafferty preferred to go to Florida rather than meet with you, Marty. <laughs> and that was it. He says, so they were talking about pitches that, were most memorable and ones that he f- that they felt went really wrong for them, and he said that's one that definitely went really wrong for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun, yeah. He, I, I always think about. I'm pretty sure he was the one that that was had the idea of the. Um, uh, oh, I forget what exactly what it's called, but it was like a, a monster comedy show um, where like. Uh, Eddie Eddie Murphy was going to be the host. It's going to be Eddie Franken Murphy. Uh, I forget the the name of this, but I believe it was in Kevin Rafferty's book. Uh, he talked about it a little bit. It's there's a lot. Kevin Rafferty has a lot of good yeah, stories. I have to finish his sure. book. I'm about a third of the way through, and then I picked up something else, mm-hmm. and I haven't gone back to his book. But I mean, like you said, he's got great stories, and just a chapter in, you're already pretty engaged in the stuff that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I should, you know what? That's going to be on my list for the next couple of weeks. That's what I should finish. Good call. What a cool guy. Um, let's see. Uh, any other exhibits or anything that you want to highlight before we wrap up this episode? You know, today, you know, I, I'm sure we'll we'll be getting into the expo stuff for the next couple of weeks, bringing it up. You know, there's lots of announcements. They had uh, Indiana Jones five. Uh, stuff waltz plane was there yeah um th- there was there was lots of stuff i'm sure we will slowly bring it up uh throughout the coming weeks there's just so much to consume uh and and yeah regurgitate i guess i don't yeah. know <laughs> but uh um yeah it was a good expo overall it was nice to see waltz plane uh, it was nice to see friends and people and 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 everything uh, so yeah, it was a good expo, and I'm sure we'll keep talking yeah. about it until we get get some uh, more big announcements. I did my big. Uh, uh, I'm sure I'll have my big. Uh, what wasn't announced after the parks rant? Uh, another one nice. later. Yeah, 
That'll be good. I mean, look, you're right. There was so much to consume that it was. it's not possible for you to consume everything in the three days that the expo is happening, which is, it's, why, it's impossible. Which is why I'm – I mean, I know I'm saying a little tongue-in-cheek, but especially considering that most of those major presentations were recorded, I really do think it's a great opportunity for Disney to uh, post them on Disney+, Plus, whether it's for a limited time or they do like a premiere pass and you pay for them, you know, to watch everything. You get like premiere access. Or just put them up. You know, yeah, just put them up, right, so people can watch them. And I'm sure people will appreciate them. I'm sure that, you know, as Disney nerds, we love to hear the additional talks that happen on the Imagineering panels and, you know, the conversations with the character voices and everything. And, you know, before the expo happened, I was talking about how I felt like the reason that they were broadcasting it was to minimize the amount of people that post things online. And that way you're in control of the quality of your content and the actual content that gets up, you know, you can edit it however you want, stuff like that. But if they don't take advantage of posting these things that they recorded, then it's only going to encourage more people like me to record them and post them on YouTube. You know, and mm-hmm. it I, I can tell you that from a fan standpoint, I like I've watched like I was sitting off to the left of the Disney Legends panel. But some of the things that they said and like Josh, Josh Gad's speech and stuff like that were just so funny that, you know, where I was sitting, it just feels like you're a part of the audience. Right. It doesn't mm-hmm. like the quality is good enough that you can still enjoy it. But there's been plenty of instances where there's been talks at things like D23, Destination D, you know, all these conventions and expos and stuff across the U.S., around the world that even if the quality is horrible, if I want to hear the content, I'm going to sit there and listen to it. You know, so why wouldn't Disney want to take advantage of something like this? And having the source audio exactly and. Because if they put it up there, that's going to be the one people are going to exactly. want to watch because it's the best quality you can get. And you can, you know, if it's on Disney Plus, you can watch it on your exactly. TV. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know why I put emphasis on the TV. Weird, it's true, it's though. Okay. It's true. Whatever. Now, I get it before TV. if they didn't want to do that because they wanted the ticket sales and they wanted people to actually show up to the expo. That's one thing. But the expo's over. You know, put them up. It's you know, gone. put them up. The expo's over. You made your money off of the building and the people that were there and everything. Give us another avenue to watch the stuff we weren't able to watch. And, you know, just make it a little easier for us to enjoy the content that you have and that you produce and the stories that we want to hear. So that's it. That's that's what we want. Those are our demands. Do it. <laughs> and a <laughs> pizza. <laughs> Do we want pizza? Is that what we want? Yeah, and a, a, a airplane to uh, Fiji, or a Disney cruise on the Treasure to Fiji. There we Boom. go. <laughs> Why did we become pirates all of a sudden? I don't know because uh, treasure, maybe treasure. treasure, the Disney treasure, the Disney, aye, the Disney treasure. <laughs> Even though the mascot is Aladdin and Jasmine, we're pirates. <laughs> 
All right. I think that's a great place to wrap it up. If you had an opportunity to attend D23, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, like Andrew said, there's plenty of things that we didn't get a chance to talk about, uh, like the layout, how the the booths to purchase things were scattered across the expo, some of the big stores that we tend to visit, like Mickey's of Glendale, uh, the Imagineering exhibit, which I didn't get a chance to talk to or talk about uh, definitely something we're going to be bringing up. Uh, I have some video that I took in that exhibit, so I'm going to try to post it up on YouTube so you can see some of the artwork, the concepts, and some of the models that they had available. Uh, so I'm going to be posting that later this week. If you're on Discord, you'll definitely know when it becomes available. And if you're not on our Discord, it's super easy to join us. You can either head over to our pinned Instagram story, search for the Discord one, click on the link that's there, uh, or you can go to podcasters.com slash 430 and then click on the discord logo and within a few taps or clicks depending on your device you will be joining us uh and joining the community over on discord so that's it that's gonna wrap it up for this episode until next time keep dreaming keep moving forward and always remember to pass on the magic have a fantastic week everyone Uh, see ya Uh Smell you later. I don't know. It's so weird. Part of the Podcateers Network.